in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Las Vegas will be home to an XFL team. Eight cities going to be in the XFL. Dallas, Houston, Orlando, St. Louis, San Antonio, Seattle, Washington, D.C., and Las Vegas. That is three Texas cities, by the way, um, out of an eight-team league. Is this team, well, you can ask about the league, too, but is this yeah, team the league. <clears throat> going to survive? Are well, we talking about an XFL Las Vegas team in 2027? There's, I mean, future partner of the uh, of ESPN Las Vegas, <laughs> based on the great AAF experiment. Do we have the indoor football team? Yes, we yes do? we do. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Can we have both? Aren't they going to kind of be competitors? Oh, sure. I mean, why not? Okay. All right. So, um, well, it didn't in one. We know what happened there, and then the pandemic took it out the last time. So. You can they I file mean, for bank? I mean, what do you do about management? I mean, well, putting Vince McMahon in charge of anything. No, no, that was he yeah. was the AFL. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was no. He was XFL. Oh, that was XFL, XFL too. He's XFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he has now bankrupted two organizations named XFL. I mean, is it going to? Is anyone going to watch? What's the TV going to be? It's the same. It's almost the same situation it is with college. Who's going to watch? I mean, that that's what it comes down to. The Rock is the owner. The Rock and his is ex-wife in a, in a different company. Yeah, <laughs> he plays. Yeah, maybe The Rock's going to be a linebacker for Las Vegas. So, okay, we've talked a lot about like what happens if Vegas gets soccer, baseball, basketball, the the major, sports, the major right? ones. We've talked about that and like how would all of those survive? I don't think if if we suddenly had MLS, Major League Baseball, and NBA added to NHL and NFL, I do not think all of those would survive. I think one or two of those would be moved out of Vegas in a decade or whatever. You're talking about these, all. all these other leagues that you've already right, Of mentioned. the major ones of the five, like if MLS oh. NBA, I don't believe Las Vegas can support all five. I don't think we're, we get a bunch of tourists. I don't think all five can survive right. here in a decade or so. If we had all five, I think one of them would end up moving out, but we are now going to have like every minor league level sports that you could possibly have, right? Like non-major sports in this country. We have the WNBA, we have the USL, we have minor league baseball, we have the AHL, we're going to have the XFL, we have indoor football, we're going to have the G League, we're getting this Premier League box lacrosse, whatever that is. Like That's like eight minor league level sports franchises. Did you forget the three-on-three league? We only had that for like a weekend, didn't we? Oh, it's not full time. No, no, no. That was no. just that's a traveling oh. league. That's oh, a, that's uh, a. They have like four oh, teams. I thought and they the three travel. on three league. No, was, that's uh, do we like, still have world team tennis. I don't think so. I, I think we think lost so. world team tennis. Yeah, I mean, See, the, he's I, right. We can't support major right. sports. But like these eight, there's no way half of these survive. Like who's go? Like we can't support XFL and indoor football and this box lacrosse and. Uh, whatever else we're going to have here. Like, there's no way we we have that many people that have an appetite for these sporting events. I mean, the G League, I don't know how much dependent that is on attendance. Right. Some of these, like, some of these the are AHL, like, the Silver yeah. Knights. 
That's they, it does not matter how many the, people the they Golden have. Knights, as right. long as the Golden Knights are in Las Vegas, yeah. the Silver Knights are going to be in Henderson right. because they like the convenience of it. So that one's not going away because of attendance. It might like if 15 years from now the Golden Knights have seven people at their games and they're like, oh, we might need to move this out of Vegas. Then the Silver Knights will leave too. But we're not losing the Silver Knights because whatever. The the Aces have done great. I think the Aces are pretty safe. Maybe if they had like a five year span where they were just awful. Maybe that could change, but the Aces have been great. They've got good attendance. They're really fun. But outside of that, like, and minor league baseball is, I think, about the pretty USL? safe here. USL could die. I mean, the, the lights might not exist, right? I mean, Brett Lashbrook will yell at me for saying this, but, like, he's not exactly the guy that owns a soccer team. And if an MLS team comes here, what does that mean for the USL? I know he thinks that there's a chance they could still survive in as a USL team in the same city as an MLS team. But, like... No, I don't have a lot of confidence that the Las Vegas Lights are playing soccer five years from now. That probably is not. It's are probably fifty-fifty. Are you excited that the XFL might have another blimp crash? <laughs> I do you remember that <laughs> flying over Oakland Coliseum and they crashed into a seafood restaurant with the XFL sponsorship <laughs> on the side of it. I remember because in the original XFL, they used to, instead of a coin toss, they just roll yes. the ball and yes. have two guys fight over it. They had dudes they, being carried off before the game yes, started. They, they are owed, like a quarterback got con- concussed yes. before the game trying, <laughs> trying to, get to get the ball. ball. Probably it's don't beautiful. have your quarterback do that. It's beautiful. <laughs> if he's the best at it. If no. he's the best athlete. You can, you can have the, we'll kick off first. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my quarterback. K-Long told me a couple days ago, I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> I can't talk. I'm drunk. We may need to retire Whatever. this. It's just too long. The Las Vegas Aces clinched a playoff spot after an 84-66 win over LA. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces, looking at their defense, the last two games, their defensive rating is 87.2. That's like best in the league type of defensive rating. The previous 11 games, though, their defensive rating was 110, which is worst in the league level defense. Um, They have played two teams under 500, and Indiana's like 5-24. and They're like almost 20 games under 500 in the last two. So they have not played good teams in the last two. Should we believe it all? Their defense is I don't think I'm believing in it. Okay. I'm not believing in it. Hot take. I don't either. I'm not believing it. <laughs> I don't either. I don't believe Let's it. see how it looks against some of the Real teams, teams that when are they go on the road, contenders. Because they're going to go play good teams. Yeah. But they have clinched a playoff spot. They're one of two teams. They're the second team to clinch a playoff spot. So Who's they're going to be Chicago? in. Chicago? Um, yeah. Seattle? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Um, so they're in the playoffs, but we'll see what seed they end up getting. The, here's a key. I'm, the difference this year. The seeding is not as important because they changed the format to where it used to be if you got the one or two seed, you had to buy straight to the semis. Right. Now everybody plays in the quarters. It's a three-game series. The one plays the eight, the two plays the seven, and so on. So it's the seeding's not as important as it was in previous years, but they're probably going to end up in the two seed. Maybe they jump up to one. Maybe they fall to three, but they'll probably end up in the two seed and have home court until the, the WNBA finals. finals. I don't care about your next question. Lights FC beat... The Oakland roots two nothing. Oakland's goalie got a red card in the first half and then Lights scored twice uh, playing against 10 men in the second half. But Lights FC are now in sixth place in the West 
the top eight make the playoffs. They actually this is almost a sure thing. Oh no, this is almost. I would a not sure say thing. that. <laughs> I think I'm I would gonna, not. I think say I'm going to jinx them and say this is almost a sure. They thing. still have, I think, 14 games left in the season. There is a lot of soccer to be played for Lights FC to still blow this, but they are in sixth, and they have a decent shot, the best shot they've probably ever had in July, at making the postseason. Very exciting time for Lights FC. They've got back-to-back shutouts, too, by the way. You can't score on Lights anymore. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. I missed this story a couple weeks ago, probably because I was on vacation. Zayon Collins, the former Bishop Gorman basketball player, UNLV commit that was in a car accident that killed somebody while he was drunk and driving about 50 miles an hour over the speed limit. He has tested positive for meth twice. This is when he's being tested and he's got the ankle monitor. He's no longer under house arrest. He doesn't have the ankle monitor? No, he is off of house arrest. And he he has tested positive for meth twice. They're asking, they asked his bail to be increased. The judge said no. What? what? Right? Yeah. Like the um, one of the family members of the man that was killed in the accident was quoted in a KTNV story being like, uh, why is this guy still allowed to drive? Why is he not on yeah, house Why arrest? is he driving? Like, uh, you're telling me Zayon Collins, who was high while driving 50 miles an hour over the speed limit. I think I might have said drunk earlier. I'm going to say high. Killed a guy has now tested positive for meth twice and might be driving around Las Vegas again? Well, what? If, he's off, if he's off the monitor, I, it appears he is driving around Las Vegas. What? I know. I know. Maybe he had a really bad sinus infection twice, and he was just taking a lot of Sudafed whenever he got pee tested. The widow, the widow uh, Anna Chavaria, oh, said at least put him back in house arrest so he's monitored not driving the streets of Las Vegas. That's the most reasonable be. thing yeah, I've ever exactly. heard. Collins is set to be back in court in September. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt will not play in Toronto this week because both of those Cardinals are unvaccinated. This is not the first time the Red Sox have had some players uh, that are unvaccinated. The Royals had some players, which, by the way, the Royals, I think, was the best because Whit Merrifield is one of the unvaccinated players for the Royals. He gave a quote where he was like, well, if I got traded to a contender, I might get the vaccine. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, hey, as someone from Kansas City, that is fair. Because <laughs> the Royals are a dumpster fire. It's a great quote. He then tried to apologize for that and be like, that's not what I meant to say. That came out wrong. He's uh, like, I there's no other way to say it. that. But, a, how are you going to backtrack from that Hall of Famer? But it was great. It was terrific. Like, yeah, you know, trade me to the Yankees. I'll get the shot. Like, yeah, I might have to play the Toronto in the postseason. I'll get the vaccine. So we continue to have this in baseball because they have a Toronto-based team and you have to be vaccinated to... Uh, do you still have to be vaccinated into the country in Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's the issue there in Major League Baseball. And every now and then, team goes to play the Blue Jays and, oh, they're not vaccinated. Do we know off to- like off the top of our head... Are the Blue Jays winning a bunch of games at home because they're playing a bunch of dudes that are <laughs> like, it is an advantage. Like, <laughs> like, 
If like right, like the Dodgers should be like dinner Dodger Stadium, you gotta be vaccinated. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I just don't understand. Like, if you're still not, if you still have a bad home record, and it's like, yeah, we're sending some AAA guys. <laughs> That's really, really bad. I can't. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself. Yeah, Fox backs me. Well, and to be Tuesday. honest, to be Tuesday. honest, no, no, selection. that's enough. That's enough. Next question, please. Uh, Jared, the Blue Jays are 30 and 19 at home. They're 23 and 24 on the road. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All those unvaccinated people staying away. Um, the Bears will have alternate orange helmets this season. The NFL's finally allowing teams to have more than one helmet this season, and we are up to 14 teams with alternate helmets. Like about half of them are teams just doing a black helmet. Yes. Um, I'm relatively excited. I like the jerseys. I'm and looking the uniforms. at them. Um, I don't under like we, this was an obvious thing for the NFL to do years ago. Like let teams wear a second helmet, a different colored helmet, which is what's happening. They're great. Some Are of they, them kind of suck. I'm looking at these helmets on the tweet. They look like the same helmet. <laughs> well, a lot of them are literally just we. They're just black. Yeah, they just took the right. little like paint on, on MS Paint. They took the bucket and they just went black. Right. <laughs> all right. Cardinals, Commanders, Eagles, Jets, Panthers, Saints, all just simply went black. With their helmets. Cowboys and, and, going with the one star, the old time look. Cowboy, I like the Cowboys white one. My favorite yeah. is the Falcons red one. Right. Yeah. That's well. my favorite of the of the new helmets that teams have. Uh the Bengals just went white with they, the black they, stripes. With the stripes. Yeah, they did yeah. the opposite. I okay. like theirs. Um but yeah. So the Cowboys went white with the star? Yes. I like that. I do. It gonna I think it's gonna look pretty good. I think it's gonna look better than the normal one. That should be their everyday helmet. Perfectly fine helmet. All right, coming up next. Is Kevin Durant going to be a Boston Celtic? What I will say is that nobody knows what Kevin Durant is thinking right now. Um, His communication with teammates and others in the league has been sparse. Um, I don't even think that the Nets have a 100% understanding of why Kevin asked for a trade. He, he, He spoke to the owner in Josiah and gave a reason, but I'm not sure the Nets are... 100% 100% on the understanding of it. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Do the Nets need to have 100% what, what, understanding? What, what is the understanding? Do we know or has that ever been reported? I don't or think it that, has been. Of why he went to Joe Sy and said that? Yeah, I don't think it has been. I, What's his reasoning? I don't know. I think it's, I've just assumed it's been, well, we're not winning a title here, so trade me somewhere else. It's been my thought process, but I don't, I don't know. know what else it would be. Right. Does he like Steve Nash? Um, so this morning, reports from Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharnia um, that the Celtics are trying to trade for Kevin Durant. The Celtics reportedly offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick. I'm going to assume a first-round pick for Kevin Durant. The Nets rejected that offer and asked for, in addition to those assets, Marcus Smart, more picks, And another player, unspecified who that other player was. So, really, from the let's go from the Celtic side of this. Should they trade for Kevin Durant? I mean, doesn't depend on what you're giving up. Yeah, it does. So, their initial offer of Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first round pick. I wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't if you were the Celtics. No, if I was if I was a net. Oh, okay. But from the Celtics standpoint, you would 100% take. Kevin Durant for those yeah. for for Brown, Derek White, but I don't think I'd take pick. it if I was the Nets. So from the Celtics standpoint, how much are you willing to add on? You offer Brown, White, and a pick. They come back and ask for Marcus Smart, 
two more first round picks and another and, role player. And Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown's still involved in this. So you're giving up Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White, another role player, plus we'll say three draft picks. Are you doing that if you're the Celtics? I don't think I'm doing that if I'm the Celtics. So at what point are you? Like, which of those assets do you take away and say, okay, we'll do it now? Like, are you doing Brown and Smart? Are you doing both of those? Or are you refusing to do both of those? I think I'm refusing to do both of those. I think I am too. I think that's ultimately, like, I... I will give you like they've got Tatum and Brown. I will give you one of our two, one of our star players and Jalen Brown, right? That'll be the prize you get, but I'm not giving you another, like our whatever third best player, right, whatever Marcus player. Smart is. I'm not giving you our third best player as well as 17 more assets right. like the Nets are asking for. And that I think is the fascinating part here. Are the Nets ever going to get what they want for Kevin Durant? Well, you talk about leverage a lot, and with four more years, who has the leverage now? If Durant's I mean, going got, it's not to a, play... These other guys we're talking about have one and two more years. Right. He's got four. If Durant's going to play in Brooklyn, right? He's asked for a trade, but if he's willing to play, then the Nets, they don't have to trade right. him... For a while. Ever, honestly. If he's willing to play, just let him play out his contract. Now, four years is a long time eventually if Kevin Durant really wants out, he'll say, I'm not playing right. right? That eventually that would happen. And that would, the nets would lose a lot of leverage, but right now at the moment, they do not have to trade him. They can, if he's willing to play and Kyrie Irving's willing to play, they're a contender, right? I don't think they're winning it, but they're a contender for next season. And they don't really have to do anything at all. So I don't necessarily blame the nets at the moment for ask for probably over asking for every team that comes up with a trade proposal, but I also think eventually, if they do trade him, they're going to have to, you know, settle for less. Because, again, that trade-off or where the Celtics offer Brown, Derek White, and a first-round pick. The Nets should not accept that. No. They should ask for more. Sure. And then meet somewhere in the middle if they're legitimately trying to trade him right now. And I think the big question would be, are you going to include Marcus Smart? Because if it was just that. if it was just Brown, Derek White, one first round pick and add Marcus Smart in there. That's a I think that's a legitimate conversation that both teams have to have, right? Do the Nets are they okay with trading Kevin Durant while getting back worse players, but two very good players plus Derek White's a good role player, right? And just one pick. And are the Celtics fine with giving up their second and third best players plus a pick and a role player? For Kevin Durant. That I think would be a legitimate conversation both teams would have to say. Yeah, down. I don't think I would give up both Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. I don't think I would give up both of them and Derek White and draft picks. I think if you're the Celtics, it, it depends on how the Celtics view their team. I mean, right you got now. pretty close as it right. is. They lost the In NBA the finals. finals. Do they view their team as, oh, we're like the Phoenix Suns who had a nice run, but we're not actually going to get back? because our best player isn't good enough or do they view themselves as we, we were, were close. We were two wins away. We don't right. need to really blow this up. Right. We just need to tinker a little bit and we're, we're right there. I don't know how the Celtics view themselves because it, to well, me, if they're not going for these trades. I think they view themselves as we were right there and we were two, two games away. Yeah. I, I do think it's, I do. I would not blame them if they looked at it from a standpoint of, Oh, we need to get much better. I wouldn't blame them for that. I wouldn't blame them for, hey, we just need we just need our star player to be better, right? I wouldn't blame them for saying, 
give us Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. We'll figure out the rest of the roster, whoever it is. That duo is going to go win us a title. I wouldn't blame them if that's what their thought process was. But I don't actually think that's how I don't think that's what they're thinking. So this is I fascinated to see who actually comes up and does make the trade for Kevin Durant. Because I do think he's going to get traded eventually. It might be at the deadline. It might be next offseason. But I do think he gets traded eventually. But a package starting with Jalen Brown, it's got to be pretty high on the list of players you can acquire if you're the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Like, he's a he's a, he's the number two on the yeah, team you that want, just lost You start wondering, and Jalen Brown's a really, really good player, but you start wondering if they're saying no to that, what type of player do they think they're getting? Yeah. I mean, they getting they think they're getting Paul George? Or Kawhi Leonard or someone like that. I don't I don't know. Right. I mean Jalen Brown's pretty damn good. Right. Might be the best they get offered at any point in this actual process. So I'm we'll see. We'll see what happens there. One other trade or non trade that got reported over the weekend. The Pacers turned down a trade offer from the Lakers of Russell Westbrook. The Pacers would have gotten Westbrook in a first round pick. The Lakers would have gotten Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. And reportedly, the Pacers turned it down because they want another first-round pick. They want two first-round picks involved in that trade. The one issue Uh, is the Lakers can't trade first-round pick. They don't have any more to trade until 2027. So it would be a 2027 and 2029 first-round pick. If you want to unload him, let me ask this. If you want to unload him, why not just throw in the other first-round pick? Because I think at that point, the Lakers would not have a first-round pick until 2030. Yeah, I always wonder how much those are worth anyway. You you need the first round picks to acquire other players. Like if you're close and you want to trade for a player that's going to help you win, first round picks the best way to do that. And like we see in this situation, to get rid of bad contracts you sign. So it just it decreases like even if you don't think you're going to draft anybody with them, they have value on the trade market. They have value in getting you an asset that could put you over the top if you're close. So not having one for eight seasons means you're for eight seasons. You're like, oh, we can't like that's a, that's the situation they're in now. They can't really get rid of like if the Lakers had all of their first round picks until 2030, Westbrook wouldn't be a Laker right now. They would have attached right, two first him. round picks yes. and he'd be gone by him. now. But they don't have any until 2027, and so the only way to do it is to not have a first round pick until 2030 or whatever. And I just, I don't know they would do it. The part that I don't, I don't quite get why the Pacers would do it. I don't know why the Pacers want that guy. I'm guessing they would cut him or waive him, whatever the actual terminology would be. What would that I, do with the salary? Well, here's the thing. The Pacers cleared a whole bunch of cap space to do that um, offer sheet with DeAndre Ayton. And so the Pacers have like, 30 million in cap space that they're not doing anything with. And there's nobody worth 30 million in cap space that the Pacers can get now. So they might as well like spend it on Westbrook. If they can get some first round picks, the problem is the first round picks are in 2027 and 2029. Like, Oh, the 2032 Pacers are going to be humming. <laughs> like really? Like, it's just like who, like, I just, I don't quite get it from the Pacers standpoint because they could probably trade miles Turner and buddy healed for something better than Westbrook's contract in one and first one first round, round pick. pick. Maybe they can't, but I would assume they. I just do a don't know why better. they want him. Yeah, I don't. Nobody does. Like I can't remember who it was. I saw a tweet. Somebody was like, "If Westbrook doesn't get traded to like the Nets or stay on the Lakers, his NBA career like could be over." 
because most other teams that acquire him are don't probably win. waving yeah, him. Yeah, well, they don't want him. And then is unless Westbrook's willing to accept a lesser role, like which he has not shown a willingness to do. Like if Westbrook was willing to say, yeah, I'll come off the bench and be your lead guard for 12 minutes a night, somebody would sign him because of course you would. But Westbrook is a guy who thinks he should be starting and taking Playing 30 minutes, the most shots. And that's you're not doing anything with Russell Westbrook right now as that player coming up next. Todd Dewey joins the show. I mean, obviously, I'm disappointed I'm not 99. I mean, everybody wants to be 99, but, I mean, it's, it's probably a good rating. I'm going to try to work my way back up to 99, kind of through my play on the field. But, obviously, I know y'all saw the speeds up there, though. The speed's just climbing. I'm trying to get that speed to 90. So, I'm going to have to have a few more runs this year and get that speed to 90. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Todd Dewey. Good morning, Todd. What would your Madden speed rating be? Uh, I'm saying mid fifties, maybe oh, mid sixties. All right. Uh oh, Todd Dewey have, got some I wheels. Have no idea. Double digits. Good or bad, to be honest. <laughs> well, it'd be very He's bad for down. an NFL player. What's that? It'd be very bad for an NFL player, but for just like a normal human, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, for an overweight sports writer, probably not too bad. <laughs> uh, all right, I am curious. Uh, hypothetical here. We got the reports this morning of Kevin Durant. Uh, and a potential trade to the Celtics that was rejected um, by the Nets. Hypothetically, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart go to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant goes to Boston. What does Boston's title odds look like with Tatum and Durant? Well, they're the favorite right now to win uh, the NBA title next year. It's 6-1, to one, so I guess that would uh, probably have them improve maybe – Three to one, four to one. I'm just guessing, but uh, you know they're already the favorites. So to trade those guys out and upgrade with Durant, I uh, have to make them a bigger favorite. All right, uh, as a lifelong Celtics fan, would you do that? Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, uh, picks. Who else was involved? Derek White. Derek White uh, for Durant. That's a tough one. I just woke up and saw that headline and I had mixed emotions because, you know, I haven't been a big fan of the Nets with Kyrie Irving going over there from the Celts and, <laughs> and, and just, yeah, not a big fan of the Nets and uh, Durant, honestly, in recent years, but obviously he's a great, great player. So I think, yeah, you'd have to do it. And Brad Stevens, we trust. Uh, <laughs> attach Kyrie Irving to that trade. Are you doing it then? No. <laughs> no, I really think Kyrie Irving's a cancer on any team. I mean, this guy's just a nightmare. Uh, who, I'm curious, who would you be betting on in the NBA right now? Who do you think has sort of the best shot to win given their odds at the moment? Oh, it's kind of a tough call. You know, recent years has always been, well, when the Warriors were, were rolling before they won it again last year, of course, you know, they were always the odds on favorite, big favorites. And then the Lakers and the Nets. Now it's just really wide open. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a, I haven't really thought about it. There's a lot of different teams that can win this thing. Uh, as a fan, I want the Celtics, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, where Durant goes might, might play a, a big part in that. Like if he does go to the Suns, I think they would be the pick. Um, I still like, I'm still a fan of the Bucks. Uh, I think Giannis is really the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. And um, they didn't have Middleton this year in the playoffs. And I like their chances. 
Uh, want to switch up with you because you've written a lot about it in terms of value in baseball right now. Uh, I don't think there's any value in the Yankees or Dodgers, but have you seen any teams lately where you think there's some value that uh, you like the odds? Uh, well, maybe, yeah, it just seems to be Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros, and then everybody else. But, yeah, the uh, the Braves at 10-1, to 1, you know, the defending champs, they, they get uh, all the pieces to, to make another run at it. So I guess if you're looking for a little value, I think I'd take the Braves at 10-1, to 1, or, or maybe a team like the White Sox could uh, catch fire and get hot uh, at 25-1 to 1, might be worth a shot. What happened to the Red Sox? I have no idea. <laughs> Just uh, Chris Sale has made like what three wins in like five, four years of his monster contract. Comes back and gets nailed on the finger, and <laughs> and then they're just trying to you know get rid of guys. Uh, their best. They're trying to be like Tampa Bay of the Northeast here. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, just trying to get bargain basement guys with all the money they have on the Red Sox instead of getting all the big free agent signings and shelling out some money. You know, like sounds like they're going to let Devers and Bogarts go and don't pay them. So that's terrible. Are they going to be sellers at the deadline? Um. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it sounds like they're looking to move. You know, they got Trevor Story basically to to, to get a bargain uh, to replace Bogarts. That hasn't worked out, of course. Um, that's why it seems like it's been their mo under uh, under Bloom as a GM. Why are people betting over on UNLV? Ed, I'm really um, struggling. Didn't get much sleep last night trying to come up with that answer. Uh, <laughs> no, mostly it was really the number was that three and a half wins at Caesars, and it was at four and a half at some other books, including, you know, Sharp Book and the Westgate Superbook. And so it sets up a nice, attractive middle there where you can win a bet on over three and a half and under four and a half if they win four. But talking to, you know, odds makers and, and, and handicappers, they don't think you know the record was as bad as it looked last year at two and ten because there was they were zero and six and one score games. I think there's a you know the talent level is growing with a few former Power Five players and the Tennessee quarterback and the Michigan State receiver and Florida State linebacker who transferred over and also a lot to do with the schedule and the fact several Mountain West teams are in rebuilding years. Like New Mexico, it's been rebuilding for the last 20 years, and Hawaii, <laughs> and UNR. And then they open against an FCS school, Idaho State, that's supposed to be a guaranteed win. But as we know, Ed, from one year I covered the Rebels, so you can never guarantee to uh, beat those openers. Last year they lost to Eastern Washington in FCS school. So, um yeah, it's hard to see, but uh, yeah, the odds makers, the books uh, think that they're going to be improved this year. Is three and a half or four and a half like? Are we really talking about that as improvement? I know they won two games last year. But no, it's I not know like, it's still not a big number. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, from 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 the two and sixteen under Arroyo. So, <laughs> so I guess if they won four or five, they win five games. I mean, it would be an improvement on paper. Obviously not that much of an improvement. They're still uh, like the second biggest long shot to win their conference. So. Oh, wait, who's worse? Hawaii? Uh, oh, Hawaii's got to be. 
Yeah, I think. Wait a minute. Let me look They're that up to make like, sure. I'm pretty sure it is. With uh, senators. Yeah, pretty sure Hawaii is the uh, long shot to win the Mountain West. That's oh my god! Look, it should be. Look that up real quick. Oh, no, New, yeah, New Mexico and Hawaii both three hundred to one. And then UNR is hundred to one, and UNLV eighty to one. Oh, yeah, oh, three teams worse. Man, look how are they picked behind UNR in the preseason media poll, which we all look at very closely? Yeah, so those are the three teams on the schedule they expect to beat: UNR, Hawaii, Mexico, and then Idaho State. So that would be four wins right there. But I mean, who knows? But they're they're up. the The number has since gone up to four. Uh, at a few places and four and a half at a couple others. So, all right. He's Todd Dewey from the review journal. Todd, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks Todd. Take care of yourself. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a good day. And the wind total so, numbers climbing. So four and a half. I'm putting the ceiling on five. Oh, you can put the ceiling on six. Can you? Yeah. It's not that good of a conference. That's the, that's listen. I make this point every year. One of the key things about UNLV football and any optimism you want to have, the Mountain West is not that good. You do not have to beat the best of the best to get to six wins. You can beat a lot of bad to below average Mountain West teams to get to six wins. And they play they play Nevada, Hawaii, and New Mexico. They play all three of the teams that should be worse than them. Yeah, Nevada was picked ahead of them. But they play the three teams that should be worse than them Plus the rest, like, listen, Air Force seemingly tends to roll UNLV every year, right? Air Force got, like, eight first-place votes. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Air Force is not a juggernaut that can't be beat, though. Like, Mm. Air Force is, you're not having to knock off multiple top 25 teams. It should be here. They played at Air Force last year. Okay. So it should, unless the schedule got weird. Have you ever had to defend the triple option? I have not. (laughs) But, like... They don't have to beat multiple top 25 teams. They just have to beat teams. Oh, they're like the 48th best team in college football, which UNLV is a long way from the 48th best team, but the 48th best team is going to play some bad games throughout the year. So, like, can you beat Utah State? Yeah, you should be able to beat a Utah State every now and then. They just don't do it very often. Like, that's the problem. Like, what Fresno so State? So just lose to San Diego State and Fresno State. Right. Those are the top two teams. Like, can they beat San Jose State? San Jose State's better than UNLV. Yes. But they're not so good that it's just unfathomable that UNLV could win that game. Right. So, like, that's been part of the disappointment for so many years of UNLV football. They've got, they're not playing great teams. Like, they often lose to bad teams. Like, you can beat bad and average teams and go to a bowl game. It could have, hell, they could beat San Diego State because that team's going to score. In, they were in that game right. last year. Because that team's going to score 23 points. Right. If right. you can find a way to 24, you got to win. But the problem is they usually score like nine against right. them and eh, you lost. Like it's ugly and you just never really move the ball because they're. I love that we can pin in San Diego State every year in basketball and football. Well, they're not going to score much, but they're probably going <laughs> to win the conference. Probably going to win the conference. <laughs> like we can do that in both sports <laughs> for the same school. It's great. All right. We got tickets to give away to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers Saturday, August 6th at Allegiant Stadium. You could buy tickets at Ticketmaster.com right now or just want a pair from us right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. Red Hot Chili Peppers, August 6th at Allegiant State. 
I know JJ uh, just a little bit. He's a very smart kid and everything. But tell me what his career looked like. What did he do that was that determined games? He averaged what? He averaged 12 points a game in the league. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Congratulations to Gabe. He won tickets to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We'll have more tickets throughout the week to give away. So stay tuned, even though Ed and I won't be here on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Adam Candy, JBT, they'll give you some tickets. Um, Now, what we're going to do here is we're going to play some of my favorite audio highlights of the baseball season. Uh, Jared, which which one do we have first? We got to figure out which one of these is actually the best, though. Jared, which one do we have first? Uh, it is gone, and he caught it. So, Hicks. Uh, Here's the 1-0. Swung on, there it goes. Deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. But caught. At the wall, <laughs> caught by Tapia. Boy, I thought that was gone. So Stanton no got bleep. close. He sent Tapia back to the wall to make the catch, and the Yankees come up just empty. That would have tied the game. So the Yankees get one run on two hits and leave one. So that was John Sterling. Um, that ball was caught. It was on the warning track, but wasn't was even it at like the, was it, it at the wall? It was not at the wall. There was still a good five feet between where Tapia caught that and the actual wall. That was back in April. This next one is this Otani, Jared. This one was also back in April. This is Matt Vaskersian. Two to Otani. That one did not reach the warning track. That one was... Still in the grass? Oh, yes. That one off the bat, Matt Vaskersian thought was like a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. Did not reach the warning track and was caught. And then this happened over the weekend. The Mariners and Astros, uh, the Mariners had the bases loaded with one out down by three. And there was a line drive hit over the middle. The 2-0 pitch. <laughs> Those are all tremendous. From? All of them. Announcers thinking that who it was caught a, it? By the way, Jeremy Pena, the shortstop. And where did he come from? Right. Yeah, where did he come the from? The position in baseball that most <laughs> balls can hit. To. <laughs> Phenomenal. I love every single one of those where the announcers are ready to explode. I think Sterling was the best. Okay, Sterling's is the worst in terms of guy that got fooled right, the most. Right, but the best. Right, but the best entertainment, entertainment side. Yes. Because he got all the way through his home run oh, call. He, got, he had it out of the park. Right, and then was like, oh, he caught it. Right. Like, just totally stunned that he caught that ball. That How much did Vaskersian wanted to be a home run? Vaskersian was like, oh, he yes. wanted it to be a home run. And then the one, the Dave Sims one, I think, I think the Dave Sims one, the Seattle one, is probably like the best realization the of the least offensive. Right. And but like the best like reaction to him getting the call wrong. Because play play it again. Because he's still like coming down from his excitement of thinking that was a base hit. Okay, which one was that? Yeah, the, the last the one. Seattle one. The last okay. one you played. The 2-0 pitch. <laughs> it like it was going into center field. <laughs> he is like 
Vaskirshan and Sterling got fooled by the ball. They thought right. the ball was going. He got fooled because he did not even see the shortstop. He did not have any idea the shortstop was close to that one. It's it's the great moment in tele, like televised sports where the camera whips to the right and then has to like go back and go no no wait 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 it didn't it didn't go anywhere. Yes, a a cameraman being fooled by like a quarterback's right. pump fake. <laughs> yes. And yes. He was like, "Oh, where wait, where's yeah. the ball?" Now and then you're disoriented and have no idea what just happened on that play. So, those are tremendous. I love all of those calls. I love baseball announcers getting excited for and getting it wrong. Yes, for home runs or hits and being completely wrong. It's great. And I will say the um the Peña one, there that one, the reason that one's like the most forgivable, that was actually a legitimately like good defensive play like he jumped Were they and in a shift it. somewhere? No, it, he was in a normal shortstop position. <laughs> he just he jumped and caught it. It was an impressive play. The other two were just routine fly balls. Right. Like there was no great defensive the play. The sound the sound is good. Like yes. like the actual like I'm just going to real quick play this Shohei Otani one again. Two to Otani. Yeah. You get that noise. Yeah. Not, quite <laughs> not quite enough, and it was still on the grass. Still not on the warning track, yes. But, not you, but it sounded close. so good. It did. I think the Sterling one did, too, though, off the bat. I think, the, I think that one sounded like you had a shot that it was out. Okay, do you want me to play it? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Hold on. This Hicks. Here's the one yeah. Swung on, there yeah. it goes. Deep yeah. left center. That ball is high. It, it is, is far. It is gone. But caught <laughs> at the wall. Caught by. He got uh, all the way through his home run call. He finished it is gone. You imagine Yankee fans listening on but the radio. Caught. Oh, oh Brutal. man. Is that is Ed? You're you're an insane Dodgers fan. If you're listening to the Dodgers game on the radio and you think you just won the game on a home run, and then suddenly it's caught, you're crashing your car, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> You know what the worst is? And I don't even need to do that to crash the car. But the worst to me is the camera operators who zoom in on the ball so you can't see the fielders and you think it's going over the fence and then they zoom back out and the left fielders like hasn't made it to the warning right. track. Hasn't and made you're like, me back. What are you doing, cameraman? Right. You fooled everybody.